From painting to photography, from beadwork to woodworking, KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University presents Artbeat. Artbeat highlights the work and accomplishments of local artists from in and around Winona. Support for Artbeat is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. COVID-19 has impacted all of our lives in some ways, but it has affected the arts massively. From performers to venues to studios and publishers, the performing arts industry has been hurt at a time when we need art most. Thank you so much for tuning in. Special thanks. Yeah, that's Haley McKinley back there running the, the camera. With our technology Today on Artbeat, we speak with Dr. Melanie Brooks, director of the WSU Band Program, and Jake Edwards of the WSU Music Education Department. We've discussed how they modified their delivery to continue performing and sharing the music they love and the technology that made it possible, as well as what the future looks like for performing arts in a pandemic. I'm Matthew Drury, and stay tuned for Dr. Melanie Brooks and Jake Edwards discussing the pulse of performing arts in the pandemic on Artbeat. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining me to talk about what WSU Bands is up to. So if you guys would introduce yourselves. Well, hello. Good morning, everyone. I am Dr. Melanie Brooks. I am the band director at Winona State University. Hello, my name is Jake Edwards. I'm a senior studying music education with an emphasis in instrumental. Awesome. So what happened last weekend? Well, um, we hosted actually our 43rd annual honor band. It's been something going on for, as you know, decades, four plus decades. And so typically we have an honor band every November where we invite a hundred odd high school students from Minnesota, Wisconsin, the surrounding area. And it's a great time. And obviously with COVID-19, we couldn't do that whole in-person experience, but I thought, well, we have a lot of resources on campus. It's been 42 years. Why stop there? We can do something musical and meaningful for the thir- 43rd annual. Nice. And how did it showcase resilience as players and as a department? <laughs> Great question. Yeah. So basically, musicians uh, and our musicians on campus and a whole, across the whole country, really, they're just looking for opportunities to get to play and perform and share their music with with others and so even though that might look a little bit different we find ways even in our our weekly rehearsals and in our events like this honor band to showcase our students and to try to give them opportunities to reach out to the broader community and tell me about some of the events that you guys had sort of a, a schedule yeah um so actually i can pass this along to to jake because he was integral in coordinate. So Jake, what did you do on the honor band? So me and uh, one other person in the music department are in charge of the recording studio. So normally we just record all the concerts that's going around. But since this honor band was all online, we had to use a lot of that recording knowledge and equipment to essentially live stream all the different things that were going on. So there was a flute choir there were a couple chamber groups so just smaller settings of um one p or one person on an instrument one per part and um there was master classes which was a the studio professors were like giving a class specific to their instrument different uh techniques different practice methods and uh performances i guess and so it was really cool for the students because instead of just having only one option of something to go to we could broadcast eight or nine different things at the same time for people to pick from. 
So all the flute players could go listen to the flute, you know doctor of flute performance talk about specific things to playing the flute and so on and so forth. I believe there's also a conducting uh, thing that you did. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and we also had some student conductors who uh, had auditioned to get to lead some of the chamber ensembles. So it was really just trying to like showcase all of our students and our faculty. Um, and along those lines, too, we had so all of the attendees, uh, high school students, band directors, and even some community members, they registered online and they could just attend safely via Zoom from their homes. So that was all very COVID friendly. Um, we had people Zooming in. Uh, we had a composer chat session, which was so cool. These We, we had some like some of the greats in our uh, wind band composition world. Uh, we had Kate Nishimura. Pete Meekin, Alex Shapiro, and Amare Ford, composers who, uh, for the most part, have interacted with Winona State bands already. So it was cool to kind of get all four of them in a Zoom room and to share about their careers, talk about how to compose, uh, how they started out, give high school students some tips. Um, and we actually, we also ended the day with a Zoom session on yoga for all musicians. So students got to talk a little bit about wellness, health, not just like stretching and doing yoga poses, but also how that relates to your fitness and your wellness when you're playing an instrument and also performance anxiety and some good stuff like that. Totally things that we wouldn't have a chance to really venture into on a normal honor band year. So we're like, well, let's give it a try and see how eclectic we can do between live stream performances, meeting with composers from across the, the region and even abroad. Couple of them zoomed in from Canada, and <laughs> why not? Let's end the, a long day of Zoom with some yoga. Nice. And what was the feedback like? What did people think of the event? How did it go over? Yeah. So um, I've heard some feedback from some of the band directors that attended, um, some high school students as well, and some of the Winona State students. A lot of the band students zoomed in, even if they weren't performing that day, just to support their classmates. And I think the big, uh, the biggest thing of feedback was that they enjoyed that all of the choices were so eclectic and so varied. (laughs) Um, So like some people were like, I loved getting to do yoga. That was so cool. And others were like, hey, the sound quality was amazing for the live stream. That was really neat. And so on and so forth. So basically like everyone found something that was kind of their own favorite thing. And that makes me really happy as a teacher. Um, I, for one, uh, was a part of the honor band in 20... 17 the year I graduated high school and it was just such an important part in me choosing not only Winona but music as a career path and so it just made me so so happy to see that even though we couldn't meet in person the honor band still took place just because it means so much to me Mm -hmm. and uh will you be holding more events like this in the future yeah I mean so my hope obviously is that the 44th annual honor band next November is back to in person Um, But it's really great to know that we can do something like this. Tom Hill and the folks at TLT were just so integral in getting everything to work tech-wise, along with Jake and Brandon, the the recording uh, students. Um, But, you know, so it's cool to know that it works. Um, This could be definitely something that we consider for the spring semester if we're kind of still in this sort of intermediary phase of, you know, COVID precautions in, in instrumental playing. So as I'm planning my curriculum in the spring, I'm definitely digesting all of what happened in Honor Band and thought uh, what was a great success. And man, from the audio and the tech side, like it was just a really cool way to live stream performance. 
at a pretty good quality, I must say. Um, <laughs> I will be graduating, so I will not be <laughs> here. But um, I would love to be able to come back and help out in any way I can with recording stuff. Just kind of share what I learned from the honor band and all that, because uh, I just I love doing it and I love being able to help people enjoy music as much as I do. Mm-hmm. And what sort of lessons did you learn, either you know large scale stuff or small sort of technical tweaks that you you know are going to iron out and apply to the next time? Go ahead, Jake. Definitely test all the stuff beforehand <laughs> uh, and kind of run through worst case scenario stuff. So we did a fair bit of testing uh, Zoom stuff, but I think we could have done uh, just a little bit more and done, yeah, like worst case scenarios, like uh, one of the mics goes out, what do we do? You know, the something's, the internet's down, you know, like what, what do we do? Can we record it so we can show it later? Just, yeah, those, like, worst-case scenarios and um, just generally more uh, just communication between everybody because it felt like just kind of there was a little bit of stuff where it's, like, people didn't really quite know what they were doing, and that's, you know, could be on us, could be on them or whatever it is. But, yeah, just communicating more and uh, more testing. So you were both conducting, which I think is really unique. What is it like conducting to an empty room? Do you get sort of the same energy as you get from a full crowd knowing that there's a virtual crowd or is it a little, a little bit more serene? Um, so we weren't actually conducting to an empty room. We had live musicians in the space, which was really cool. Of course, we went through the protocol of having the uh, musicians socially distanced, wearing a mask and all of that good stuff. Um, and had some covers over their bells, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, but I can say that I've, I've done some online conducting lessons and conducting workshops. And it is, it's just one of those things, like when you play an instrument, and so listeners, even if you're playing guitar or you're singing or you've played an instrument before in band, um, you, you, you make a sound and you get that feedback right away, right? You like try to play something, it either works, it sounds great, or you're like, mm, I squeaked, or oh, that didn't work. When you're conducting to an empty room, you don't get that feedback. I mean, you could look in the mirror and be like, yeah, that looks pretty powerful or elegant or whatever, but you actually don't know what sort of sound that's gonna elicit. So what you do when you're doing online stuff for conducting is basically you just work on a lot of technique and you do the best you can to just see if you, you're communicating things non-verbally. But it is really challenging. You don't get that feedback for sure. So I also would add, though, that, you know, in terms of some takeaways that I learned, um, I think Jake really hit the nail on the head when he was talking about making sure that you just plan, plan, plan ahead and you, you make up sort of troubleshooting ideas and you test everything out. So that's a big lesson in that, especially when you're trying something so new, like everything we did that day on Honor Band was brand new. We had, none of us had ever done it before. I think the, the guy from TLT was like, if you can record some of the stuff you're doing, we can use it in a whatever conference, wasn't he saying? Yeah. Some that? He's like, we're going to use this in a conference of like what we're doing and what we're using our technology for. It might have been the first time they were using, they set up these, it looked like a giant monster TV, um, but it's it was actually a computer and you could run a soundboard through it. It could be its own Zoom room and hook up to all that. It was so yeah, fancy. It was wild. Um, like the, the AI apocalypse was upon us, you know, for a weekend, but it it was a good apocalypse. So that's good. Yeah. Um, and the other, you know, the other thing I did learn too was along the lines of these TLT resources, I learned like, 
it's okay to delegate and to ask for help or to even like let people know what you're doing. Uh, I just I just had a thought of like, I should just see what TLT has. As, as Jake and Brandon and I were talking about recording stuff, I'm like, this is kind of complicated. I wonder if TLT can help. And they helped so much. It was incredible. And, you know, I wonder if these students would be willing to play or conduct. And the more you ask, it seems like uh, if you have the courage to ask for someone to collaborate with you, the sum becomes greater than the parts in a project. So whether it's like your internship project, your final paper, something you're researching, or some sort of performance you're trying to do, see what else is out there and see if there are people you can collaborate with. You can do that still even in a pandemic. Yeah, and I think that resonates even with me sort of getting involved with your guys' project and doing it for the paper and for the radio. I mean, yeah, to, to turn something into it and now this is becoming sort of a, a bigger thing than just the event. We're going to do a whole series on music and performing arts during the pandemic. And this was sort of the, the spark that set the whole thing off. Oh, that's awesome. Nice. Why is music important during a pandemic? Well, I think there's an argument that music's always important because I think in the world, there's always a need for art and for healing and for this sort of level of humanity. I mean, music is a language without words, really, and it just can speak to the soul. And I think during a pandemic, I think we need healing and we need art now more than ever. And so it's been really, really powerful to get to make music pretty much this entire semester in small groups, in band class, and to have that human interaction. Of course, are we playing things that are as complicated as we would with our full group? No. But the fact that we need we need that sort of love and healing and connectedness during the pandemic, and even those simple things, the simplest song or me- melody, um, that can really make a difference in someone's day or someone's week um, during these trials that we're having. So I guess that's my answer. That's Dr. Melanie Brooks thanking you for joining WSU Band's Sax Honors Band. And I'm Matthew Drury, thanking you for joining us on Artbeat, dissecting the adaptations needed to make Honors Band happen, right here on 89.5 KQAL. Yeah, from from my point of view as a music student, you know, someone who's been involved in bands and music such since, you know, elementary school, uh, this lasts since March all the way through the summer and then until the fall semester was just this very kind of empty kind of feeling just because you don't have that human connection of whether it's symphonic wind ensemble or jazz band or just like jamming with your friends. Just the lack of that as a music student or just someone who loves playing music. It's just it was it was really hard. So that's why I think music was absolutely super, super, super important. And if you think about it, like. Anybody walking around on campus, they've got headphones in. They're listening to music. Uh, while they're doing homework, they're listening to music. Music is such an important part of everyone's everyday life, even if you're not performing it. So, and I think that live aspect just makes music that much better. And so being able to play music with other people is just amazing. I remember our first kind of larger group performance was when we were playing just out um, outside. We were playing some uh, pep band tunes that we would play at football games. And I just remember when we'd finish the song, I just could not stop smiling. And I was having so much fun because it was that first kind of bigger group experience we had had since March. 
And so uh, everybody around as well, there were people gathering, obviously just very distant from each other, but there were people gathering around us and they were jamming along with us. And it was just amazing to put smiles on people's faces again. Nice. Uh, Dr. Brooks, you sort of mentioned that that melody that can provide a lot of sort of solace and healing value. For me, uh, I've been really thinking about Beethoven's Ode to Joy. That was one of the mm-hmm. first serious learns, uh, songs that I ever learned to play. Is there uh, a melody or a song to, to play or to listen to that you think has really connected or defined or helped sort of mitigate the COVID experience for you? Wow, that's a really deep question. Um, I mean, as a musician and a conductor, I feel like I have earworms all the time, right? Uh, not not like medically or literally. I mean, like I have tunes kind of going on in my head. Um, but I've found uh, a couple just kind of ringing through my head throughout the pandemic. Um, one actually was a piece that we recorded with all of the, the band students in our recording week in October. And it's a, a chorale, a Russian uh, kind of hymn called Salvation is Created. Um, and it's just, it's like dark and kind of heavy in that sort of like Russian style. Mm-hmm. But also it like, it becomes bright and brilliant when it gets to the loudest part of the piece. So it has this sort of like hope and resolution to it. Um, but I also, I find myself humming simple things like Amazing Grace. Um, I think that's a that's a tune that's really calming. And it just kind of, um, you know, puts your mind at ease, like this too shall pass and that there is beauty happening all around us. So that's that's been a big one as well. One song that came on my kind of playlist in the car was What a Wonderful World by Louis Armstrong. And just in listening to that song, it just reminded me that like, yeah, even though we don't get to see our friends, even though, you know, blah, 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 there's still a lot of light in the world that you can look to and enjoy. And yeah, again, just try looking at things positively. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm, I'm a big ideal uh, i really think that gratitude is an important emotion and it's so hard to have fear or anxiety when you have that gratitude in your heart for what you're going through even if it is you know not what we wanted exactly what has the biggest challenge been and what is the biggest lesson that you've learned from COVID? and that could be at a, at a band level at a personal level hmm yeah, the the biggest challenge has been, and I'm sure for so many people, it's been finding the heart to get up and, and do the things that you know you need to do. Even those little things like, I need to write this email or I need to do, you know, just some of those mundane things. And they kind of lose a bit of that sense of urgency or, or meaning if you're just not going to share them with others or interact with others throughout your day. So that's been really challenging. And so sometimes, I, I mean, I'll admit, sometimes that's come into my own practice. You know, if, I, if I'm like, I should really look at new music and look at this sheet music and study the score. And then you kind of get that voice in your head like, oh, what's the point right now? And um, getting past that has been really hard. Um, but the takeaway I've learned is that when you find moments to connect with other people, um, and of course, again, we've been so lucky to do that throughout the semester in band and in even small ways, but I've found that I've had even like a phone call uh, with a with a friend or a colleague to just talk about music, uh, or we like would live stream a Berlin Philharmonic concert and just watch it together. And a lot of the times, we're like, oh, what's the point? Oh, it's on Zoom again. I just can't even take any more of this. But then once you actually do it, and you just start talking about something other than the pandemic, or like, man, wasn't that 
that second movement so beautiful or wow this was really cool then it just takes your mind away from it and it gets down to the core of what you love about what you do so for me obviously that's music Um, so i think just finding ways uh, even small ways to connect and to share that passion with with others is what i've really learned how powerful that is i think that the biggest challenge and what i've learned uh, the most during quarantine and COVID and all that is just a sense of patience patience for yourself patience for the people around you patience for your country patience for the rest of the world um just in being you know around my roommates and you know other uh People around campus, everyone's quick to be like, oh, my professor, you know, this and that, or like my group member on this, this and that. And it's like, I try and stop and think, you know, this person is likely having one of the worst years of their life. I I am too. They are too. You know, I'm just going to take a breath and just understand that (laughs) it's hard right now. Same thing with professors. You know, this professor is doing something they've never done before and they're expected to have it nailed down right away. So maybe I should have some patience for them. Patience for group members. Oh my goodness, this group member isn't completing their work. Have some patience for them. And then just even in wanting to do activities, wanting to do band, wanting to do uh, go climb at the rock wall or, you know, whatever it is, having patience to just understand, you know, if I push for this or if I want it, it is likely to, you know, put people in danger or whatever. So just, uh, yeah, no sense of patience. (laughs) And then uh, your your biggest, I guess, challenge, or I guess that is yeah. both. Yeah, staying staying patient with people because I'm I'm a person that it wants to do things now, that wants things to be done now, and so my biggest challenge is just going. I need to understand that this situation was completely out of anyone's control, and that they're making the best of it. I'm trying to make the best of it, and so to just understand that not everything's going to be perfect. That's profound. That's really <laughs> That's awesome. Great answer. <laughs> if COVID ended tomorrow, so you know, wave a magic wand, what would you do first? Well, I would call a band rehearsal. <laughs> 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 and we would play some epic, epic music. We'd probably, you know, get back to like even Salvation is created as a warm up, but now with like eighty five people in the room and yeah. just just get to wail and yeah, <laughs> that would. I'd just be like, band, let's go. I would go to that rehearsal. That's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, I'm talking to the right band. For, you know, I guess I should have seen that coming in a bit. <laughs> yeah. A plus, A plus. <laughs> nice job, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what's the best advice you've ever received? Yeah, um, man, I've, I've received really good advice. And that's one of those questions you're like, oh, okay. Um, But I recall, especially during a really challenging part in my career and in my my own life, that I was just like in a rough spot. And I remember being so tore up and I got a call from a mentor, actually, uh, Craig Kierkoff, who's the now professor emeritus at University of Minnesota, amazing uh, educator, musician, just a wonderful human. And uh, I remember him telling me, he's like, well, Melanie or Dr. Brooks, make sure that you do something every day that's just for you. And it's one of those things that makes you stop and look back and you're like, well, I don't know. What do you mean? Like, do you mean to just like have a pint of ice cream or like dedicate a whole hour to something? No, it can be 
something small, but it's like you taking the time to have a little bit of, of grace for yourself and to say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to just do this for me right now and, and not put it off till tomorrow. Not say that you don't deserve a break because you have so many projects mounting and, and you're behind on this and that sort of thing. It's just saying, no, every day you should give yourself some space to do something that's just for you. Nice. And I think that's super time set. You know, I think that's super valuable in the times that we're in right now. If I had an hour, I could probably come to something super profound and all that. But the only one that kind of comes to mind is, I can't remember who the quote is from, but it's, it's the, you know, like whatever, whatever you, whatever you are, be a good one or whatever. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the quote? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever you are, be a good one. Is I truly believe that the happiest people in life are the ones that chase their passion if they're passionate about something, even if it is the weirdest thing in the world. I mean, go on YouTube. There's people that collect the weirdest things, but they're so passionate about it and they're so happy. So I think just like chasing what makes you happy, chasing what make, like what you're passionate about, what you, what you feel uh, motivation to work on. Because I know like working on school is hard because a lot of people aren't passionate about school. But people that are passionate about uh, photography, about music, about the you know law, like – that makes them motivated to work hard at their thing. So chasing your passion, I think, is... And that's what got me to chase music because I was, you know, always told, you know, oh, like there's no money in music, you'll never be able to support yourself. But I just went, you know what, but it makes me happy and I know that if I do it, I'm going to work hard and I'll figure it out. And so, yeah, that chase, chasing what you're passionate about, whatever you are, be a good one. Yeah, and I mean, connecting that back to the previous question, it, it kind of put a smile on my face to, to hear the first thing you would do if COVID were to end would be what you're doing, you know, right now in a limited capacity. So to know that you're, that both of you guys are on that path and sort of chasing your dream of something that you love that much is, I love to hear it. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, thanks so much for joining me, guys. Any final thoughts? Uh, <laughs> sorry, you, you can edit my, my uh. <laughs> um, final thoughts. I would say to just take care out there, be kind to one another, as Jake said, to be patient. Um, and again, I, I will pass that same advice along to all of you is to just, no matter, no matter how bright or dark the day is to try to find a moment to just do something for yourself, just something small each day. Wear a mask and wash your hands. (laughs) That's all I got. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks again to Dr. Brooks and Jake Edwards for joining me on Artbeat. This is one part of our multi-episode series on performing arts in the pandemic. Be sure to tune in next Tuesday at 1230 for another installment. We'll be talking with the owners of Ed's No Name Bar about how venues are affected by COVID-19. For more conversations about arts and culture, stay tuned in to the Artbeat. Tuesdays at 1230, right here on 89.5 KQAL. I'm Matt Drury, and we just heard Dr. Melanie Brooks and Jake Edwards talking about WSU bands and their adaptations to the pandemic on The Artbeat. Artbeat is written and produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Visit us on the web at kqal.org. Is art an important part of your life? Tune into Artbeat, Tuesdays at 1230, right here on 89.5 KQAL. Artbeat is made possible by a grant from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.